Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Community Recap Podcast. I'm yes. your host, Seth. Yes, <laughs> man, you are the host. You do a fantastic job. You really I do. That. I think you do a, a great that. job of uh, overseeing and just mm. guiding us through our discussions and, uh-huh. and conversations. Yeah. And so, man, I uh, I look forward to this each each week. And so. We love sitting down and talking. Came in on my day off just for for this. Just for the people. Just this, yes, absolutely. Just wanted to talk. Just couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Could not wait. Well, if you are enjoying the podcast, I'm going to get this out of the way. Okay. Please rate us. Leave us a review. That's right. Share this with your friends. Let everybody know about it. And we, we enjoy doing this. And we feel like there's a good discussion that people could benefit from. Hope so. Hopefully uh, you enjoy it. Hopefully it edifies you and uh, maybe gives you a few more insights uh, in conjunction with the message that is preached on Sunday. And so. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of Sunday, uh, we're actually recording this on a normal timeline this week. Well, uh, I typically take I, I typically yeah. take Mondays off. That's usually my day. So uh, most of the staff takes uh, well, everybody but me takes Friday and Saturday. I take I take Mondays and and, and Saturdays uh, because usually I'm just wore out from from preaching and then community group and those different types right. of things. So Monday is usually my day of uh, of rest. So this is a little early. My Sabbath. A little early recording here for the it people. It is, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be in here and getting after it. We got Cody joining yeah, us. Welcome, Cody. Cody we're, is back. Man, we're glad to have you this uh, this episode. I mean, welcome. the audience demanded the eye candy of the audio-only podcast the to come candy, back. Yes. Of the audio-only, so eye candy <laughs> of the audio-only podcast. So I'm here. I'm here. I'm Even excited. though people can't see... Your hair looks nice. Hey, you just your beard got it looks nice. By soon to be sponsor, hopefully blended barber. Wow, okay. I mean, can I name drop? Can I? Is that okay? Sure. All right. They're saying they're saying we can name drop. You looking good too. Thank Seth. you. Looking fresh. Thank you, Mike. Um, well, somehow I didn't get mentioned in that, but that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Didn't get make the would. cut. Yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> so <laughs> this is gonna be a good episode. Yeah, I can man, tell oh, we're already goodness. off to a great start. Yesterday was fabulous. Um, Man, such a good day. What a good day such it was. Such a good day. Full house. Everyone's yeah. kind of back from school. Right. Or for yes. school. That's back right. Back from vacations and uh, packed house. I thought um, everything went well. We had a lot of new people. A lot of people joined the church Yes, yesterday. I got to meet so many people yeah. that I had not met yet. Uh, it was just uh, really enjoyed getting to speak with some individuals, kind of hear what God's doing in their life and how he brought them here and Man, it was uh, it was really exciting, and, and had one lady, sweet lady, that uh, visited second service and was back for community group that night. She was like, "I'm in." Wow. Yeah, yeah. Man, she was right back into it, so it was awesome. Yeah, Lord's doing great stuff. It's good to be a part. So, let's go ahead and jump in this week. Um, let's let's give the people what they want. They don't want to hear us. They want to hear about the sermon. So let's recap okay. it. Um. If you can, you, you talked 
briefly on Sunday about kind of where we are. So we've been in the book of Revelation for, I think, three and a half-ish months. Yeah, and we got about three months to go. Okay. So we're we're about halfway wow, through the, the series, and okay. I would say that we're right at the midway point. We'll see we're right at the midway point of the tribulation period is, is where I see us Did you mean to line it up like that? No. No, I didn't. Um, just just kind of worked. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, well, just kind of worked. Just kind of worked out that way, and I've been enjoying it. I tell you, I have um, loved studying and preparing these these messages, and so it's been it's really been enjoyable yeah. for me. No, absolutely. Um, so three and a half year mark uh, gives us a good halfway point, and you talked briefly about the temple. Yeah, um, and. The How tribulation he was to measure, temple. measure the temple, and it's a test, right? It's a it's a measuring point. Yeah, I think that's it's Talk symbolically that. representing for us the the measuring of the of the temple, the the measuring of the individuals that are worshiping in the temple. Uh, it, it's really communicating to us that that sacrificial system, uh, that this temple that they have rebuilt to. Um, really do an ecumenical kind of um, uh, co-op of other individuals to where I don't think they're going to destroy the Dome of the Rock. I think they're going to build it right right next to it. In fact, I, I want to say back in, in 2000, Bill Clinton, uh, somewhere right around there, I, I think, Bill Clinton, uh, whenever Bill Clinton was in office, uh, he had this pretty much worked out at, at one point between really? the prime minister of Israel and uh, Yasser Arafat. And uh, Arafat was the one that balked at it, said, no, not huh. not not going to do it. But um, uh, so, you know, it it's something that has been at least proposed in the past. And so I think it'll be completed in, in the future. Uh, and as a, a result, what God is showing is that that old system, that old sacrificial system, it doesn't measure up. Uh, it was used as a shadow in the Old Testament is what God used until the fullness of time when Christ came. But Christ is our propitiation now. Christ is our ultimate sacrifice. The entire book of Hebrews basically speaks of the fact that uh, Jesus has trumped the old sacrificial system that he that he is better and that he is uh, really the standard for all of us now. And he's measuring the worshipers to show that uh, they don't measure up to the standard that God God has set. And so uh, it's really to show that the, the test, if you will, of righteousness is nothing that we can achieve in and of our own power, our own strength, our own design. It is only by really submitting to God's program through through faith in the redeeming work of, of Christ. Yeah, so that's clear that Jesus is the standard, right? That is the Absolutely, clear yeah, picture. That, uh, in fact, I, w I would even pose that a lot of the Old Testament is trying to emphasize that point to us, uh, that uh, th the reason why there had to constantly be bulls and goats um, sacrificed is because it ultimately didn't take away our, our sin. It, it was, uh, you know, the hall of fame of faith is those that have placed their faith in God, that he would send an ultimate redeemer one day and fulfill his promises. And so the old Testament just shows us time and time again, 
that in our own power and our own strength or even in our, our best abilities to try to follow God, we will not never measure up to his law, to his commandments. And that's why Christ said I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it because I have accomplished what no man could accomplish. And therefore, I'm the perfect sacrifice, and I'm the once and only sacrifice. So we don't need to sacrifice blood, uh, bulls and, and goats anymore because of the perfect, spotless, unblemished lamb, Jesus. Yeah, and so through this, um, everything is defined by God, right? And, and, right. and Jesus being that standard, um, I was telling you beforehand, it, it kind of made me think in your sermon— um, that's something that's really confusing for a lot of people today. Um, there's a question, why is there evil in the world? Um, sure. All this stuff about, well, what defines the standard? Uh, right. You think of atheists and yeah. other religions, and, and Cody could probably speak into this too, just with youth and the beliefs of, I, I know that crystals are kind of a thing. And oh, really? Is that, is that happening now? Bringing back the crystals? And so, yeah. And so what is that? I had no idea. What, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I know New Age is an important thing, but, you know, I, I didn't know that we're, we're emphasizing the crystals. You so know, a quick story for like you. That. Yeah, man. Cody might man, know this catch by, me up. by JP. Have you, have you heard this um, little tell some some of it and I'll see if I can kind of okay so see if I know because I was with you Adam I didn't know that that was kind of a coming back into style I guess but um he told a story about him and his daughter recently went on a trip and I'm talking about Jonathan Pakluda and uh so shout out JP and I'd love he, to be on the becoming some yeah something man. podcast sometimes so but yeah yeah we'll, we'll call him up um anyway they were they were uh in a different uh state or country um and uh, they saw this rock shop and just went in there, just passed the time, basically. And they saw skulls and just kind of a lot of this stuff carved out of rock. Well, they also saw a section of crystals. Um, thought that was interesting. Uh, well, lo and behold, uh, an older couple walks in. He's probably in their 70s, 60, 70s, retired. Um, anyway, goes up to the counter Finds, you know, finds this crystal, goes up to the counter to purchase it, just like so excited about it. I mean, just elated that they found this. Yeah, that they found this crystal. And so um, they go to check out, they get it. Then they ask the person behind the desk, hey, can we leave this here for about an hour? And it's like, well, that's kind of an unusual question. Like, you just you bought this crystal. Why why do you want to keep it? Well, we're just gonna run to this place and we'll be back in about an hour. Can you please just just hold it for us? And sure, I guess. And so the 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 person behind the counter just got to questioning, like, well, why? Like, what do you want me to do with it? And they said, well, we want it to charge. Yep. We want to charge it up next to this skull for about an hour. That way, when we come back, it'll be it'll be good to go. Charged up. Yep. And so that's such a, a crazy concept for me, but that's a, yeah, I mean, and these are older people, right? Well, and it's not just that demographic either. Like Adam was mentioning, New Age has been around for a while, but it's starting to progress more in, in Generation Z right now too. And even some late millennials and things like that, you see it in too, and just this rise in the Wiccan culture again, where people are starting to believe in those pagan beliefs and different things like that. Uh, so it's interesting that it went away for a little bit, but now it's starting to, to resurface in different ways. Um, but even whether it be trying to find fulfillment or defining themselves in those different spiritual beliefs you see in Generation Z, it's the first 
post-Christian generation in the U.S. history. Um, but if you look at statistics done by Pew Research and some other organizations and things like that, they don't see themselves as any less spiritual than previous generations, just less religious how they define themselves. So corporate religion, like what we have here in Christianity, is a big turnoff, but they still believe they're spiritual, good vibes, sending those, things like that in that nature. But a lot of times it comes more for, from a self-fulfillment. I get to determine my future. I'm the captain of my soul and the, the commander of my destiny, all the different things like that. So they believe that through doing these different routes, you get to determine your future. You get to progress the route you want to go. And it's more in that self-actualization, that self-fulfillment, which is where we also see a lot of the turning to the, the sexual identity, the gender identity, and things like that. You as the individual get to determine who you are, what you want to do, and where you're going. And that's the fulfillment that they get in that so a question i guess for both of you what how having that worldview how can you have a standard right i mean if everyone has their own way of thinking your your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth like obviously god jesus that's the standard but but for these people and and nowadays where 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 would they how would they find that standard in that, right? Because that, yeah. to me, obviously makes no sense. But Yeah, and that's where it comes down to the whole relative truth movement, too. It's like if there's no absolute truth, then how can you dictate what the real real thing is? People say, well, that's true for you. That's true for me. Well, there can be multiple truths in a situation that are correct, yes, but if they both one proves the other false, then they both can't can't be true even. So that's that's a whole other argument in that system, too. It's like, well, if you say this is true, but I say this is truth, and they don't, match up then they both can't be true but you also see where there's the inclusion in that but also and the whole other side of things well if you reject what i say who i say i am or what i'm doing and things like that then you can't love me too and so it's this weird dichotomy that we we kind of find the culture in right now where it's like oh your truth is your truth but if it also doesn't match up with mine in these certain ways then you're wrong and you're hateful and you're a bigot and all these things but if it does it like if we match up on these but not these then it's okay and so trying to navigate through almost that that social like ecosystem minefield around that it's just a, a, a reason why i think so many people are so cautious like can we talk on this subject can we can we really do that and not understand like we boldly have to go into these ter territories in these uncharted areas to to show them the light of Christ, to show them that, hey, you say there's a standard, but in actuality, what standard is there at all in this, too? And when you come to the atheist argument, and it's where they say, well, we're moral individuals. Well, where did you get the morality from? If there's not a, a higher being in that, if there's not a sense in it, if we're just evolved from from nothingness, from nothing, then yeah. where where did that morality settle in, and how did that get... Like where in the evolutionary theory does that does that play into it? Because where how does that help you survive? How does that help you thrive? How does that help you to reproduce? Morality doesn't really have any system in that, and so it just goes into that question. Well, you got you say you have these standards, but again, where do they come from? Yeah. And that's the big question you ask to ask people is, yeah. you say there's a standard, where does the standard come from? Right. And so, yeah. Well, I mean, all throughout Scripture, but here as well, you know, we see that that Jesus is that standard, that God is that standard. No one can measure up. Um, Jesus did um, what we couldn't do. Uh, and, and so, uh, moving on to to something else, I thought it was very interesting. You said you wanted to touch on a little bit more, Adam. Uh, these witnesses. A lot of people. I wrote this down. Who are they? Right. That's kind yeah, of a hot I think topic. that's a lot of people that want to. So know. you had um, Enoch and Elijah right. uh, because they didn't die. That's right. And fun fact real quick. Um, Enosh was Seth's in the Bible. Seth's first son. Yeah. 
So when you said Enoch, I looked over at Alex because I, I want a boy. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there yeah. for the world to know. Yeah. Um, we're, I think we're done, but I, you know, I think every guy dude, would like a boy. Dude, man, come on. Keep, keep going. Anyway. I, I see you guys. And so I looked at five. her and was like, Enosh. Like, Enosh. it'd be cool to have a son named Enosh. Did she tell you Enot? Yeah. Enot. Yeah, absolutely. She did. Uh, so Enoch and Elijah, because uh, they didn't die. Moses and Elijah, because of the power they had. That's right. And then maybe two future individuals like Moses and Elijah. Those were the three kind and of. That's the one on that I, I I would say the most. And and one of the I think maybe I hit on first service, but not second service. Another reason is not just the powers that most people would say it's Moses and Elijah, but on the Mount of Transfiguration, those were the two individuals that were with Jesus. Right. Uh, was Moses and Elijah, but to me that makes actually more sense for the third part of saying it's two future individuals that will just be given power uh, that would resemble Moses and Elijah because John was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Moses and Elijah. If in this vision he has seen these two witnesses and they are Moses and Elijah, why wouldn't he identify the ones that he saw on the Mount of Transfiguration? As Moses and Elijah. So I think these are individuals like John the Baptist. He, he ministered in, in the spirit um, like Elijah. So uh, Jesus would even say in Matthew eleven fourteen that he is Elijah. If you can, if you can believe this, if you can put your, your understanding in that, not that he was the reincarnation, if you will, of uh, Elijah, but he was fulfilling much the role of Elijah and uh, what is read about in, in Malachi, I think it's four, four and five. Um, and so I think these are just two future individuals that are raised up by God during the first half of the Great Tribulation that are speaking and prophesying for God. Um, and, and along with the 144,000, I think these are two you know, other individuals. Maybe they're a part of the 144,000. Uh, but they're not really mentioned that way. They're separated out of that. And so um, whatever uh, that the case may be, they have a powerful ministry uh, that doesn't come to a conclusion until God says that it comes yeah. to a conclusion. And something we were talking about before, too, I thought was interesting was, you know, there was no mention of them for the first three and a half years until the halfway point. Right. Um, and again, I think a couple this is, things on that. I think too. this is one of those moments where we're we're going back. Right. We've paused. And we're looking, um, we talked about uh, what Charles Swindoll writes about in his commentary uh, on the 11th chapter of Revelation, and that being that establishing shot. And we see the the establishing shot of the temple being in the measurements, measure those that are in the temple, the inner court, and those that are worshiping, but don't measure those that are in the outer court because they're going to trample uh, the, the, the city of Jerusalem and, and subsequently the temple as well for 42 months. So they're going to do it for three and a half years. Well, inside the temple during the three and a half years that the Antichrist has broken the treaty, and so the second three and a half years, the only people that are coming in to worship are the people that are trampling the, the, the courts, right? So who is he then measuring if it is not individuals that are worshiping God or at least their idea of God through the old sac- sacrificial system, and that only occurs in the first three and a half years. So I believe their ministry is, with that establishing shot, being shown 
they are ministering the first three and a half years. Then comes the breaking by the Antichrist of the covenant with Israel. He sets himself up as, as God. And then in that temple, I mean, he'll put a, his own image there, much like the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and the people that go into that temple at that point, they're not trying to approach God per se, uh, the creator. They're, the they're, they're coming to the yeah. Antichrist. Right. Yeah. Man, so interesting. I mean, it's just the power these two have. Yeah, um, it's amazing to see, you know, what. And, and the interesting thing, too, is they both have those powers right. where, you know, they both have the powers where it's not that, you know, this Moses figure can turn water into blood and can bring plagues and this Elijah figure can breathe out fire and withhold rain. They both have that ability. So, again, to me, it just speaks of the reality that these are two future uh, followers of, of Christ that are raised up with this special purpose to be used by God to proclaim the, the gospel message. And and even their, their death and their resurrection, many, I believe, Jews, as a result, are going to come to faith in, in Christ. Yeah. Just the picture you painted Sunday about, you know, with how— Anything can be on the internet within seconds, and I mean, we could get online right now and see what's going on in China, yeah, or right, you know, Egypt or wherever. Um, and then the celebration of these individuals being dead because for you know twelve hundred and sixty days or whatever it was, yeah, exactly. um, you know, they've been prophesying and yeah, tormenting the gospel. Right? Yeah. They were tormenting them with, the, so with the gospel. It's, I mean, it's how realistic. I think you did a good job of painting that because obviously that's how we can see things nowadays, right? Yeah. I mean, we we can we can get on Twitter, we can get on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Even in whatever. the television era, you know, when TV first came out, you still couldn't accomplish what right. this tech says. Uh, you know, here recently, technology has advanced to the point where. Man, you get live feeds, I mean, almost instantly. You can be up and running, and, I mean, and it's not just for people that have TV. Anybody that has Internet access, they, they can they can access some of this stuff. So, and in, in, in I remember in the text about not getting to bury them, which was an insult. Yeah, right? so that, that is a huge insult to, to, to the Jews. So, I, the, 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 <laughs> the picture I, I painted, I don't know why, was just in a street. Yeah. Two I, dead individuals. And yes. there's there's like, you know how sometimes where you see a uh, a forest fire or a police chase, you have this helicopter view of things. That that was kind of like an aerial shot. Yeah, like yeah. all these aerial shots of, yeah. of the, oh, just I agree. these two dead people. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're gonna see a a lot of a lot of that, right? Um and there are many cultures today that not in the United States, we don't typically show those type of images, but there's a lot of countries that on the news, they'll, they'll show dead bodies. I mean, they'll, they'll show them. So, I mean, it's not something right. that is completely uh, in, uh, out of the, the, yeah. the ordinary of even today, you know? Right. And, and for me, I mean, just having a little bit of a background in uh, mortuary school and the funeral business, um, people aren't pretty after being dead for three days. Yeah, in three and a half days. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not a sight you want to look at. But right. but having this probably televised every day, you know, it almost it almost brings the question of like, I mean, obviously we know why, but just like trying to sit in that moment, why? 
why would you just – it's like a 24-7 feed of, oh, let me just pop in and see what old boys are doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, just like these people are obsessed almost with – Right. Well, you see that today. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, just just thinking back here here recently, um, I, I was pretty – I think I woke up in the middle of the night and was just checking something and, and saw that Russia had invaded Ukraine. Well, I'm not going to lie. Probably for the next – 14 hours i was pretty glued to to this you know like yeah. hey this is what what's going yeah. on new update this this i mean I, I was i was keeping up with it quite a bit and so I, I i think this these individuals ministry is going to be so well known right these aren't just individuals that are going to have their it's ministry. Not gonna be people you've never heard of Right, exactly. Oh, two in Jerusalem. Oh, they're dead. Why tune in for that? These are going to be days. individuals that have a profound, um, a profound status. Billy Graham within. Type. Yeah, I, I really, I really think that to that to that level. Right, they're they're going to have some type of well known following uh, that went into. I mean, if you can breathe fire, people know you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, <laughs> if you're scorching cats yeah. that come against you to try to destroy you and, and you're just breathing fire on them, I mean, you're going to have a pretty good following. You know, your Twitter buzz is going to be pretty big. You know, honestly, the following, that, that brings up a good point. The first person they breathe on, like, that's news. You oh, know, yeah, like, right. That's, that's yeah. a story. Yeah. So they're going to be watched. Yeah. Probably all the time, man. So. I mean, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind uh, 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 That's what I'm a, around like, that. Just the picture uh, of pain, man. Man, that, I, I think you can take God's word uh, at face value, and I, I think I, that is to be literal. And and so for three and a half years, I mean, these are the cats you just don't want to mess with. It's crazy, man. Just Cody, you have any thoughts on that or? Well, anything is, you thought when he was preaching? Yeah, well, the thing is, too, is not only like on TV broadcasts and everything, everyone's got a live streaming device in their pockets right now if you have a, a smartphone. You can go on Facebook, Instagram Live, whatever, and people will live stream the dumbest stuff from Instagram. Like, oh, I'm just sitting here eating some, some Like hot someone Cheetos, playing video games? Like, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. That's a, lucra that's a lucrative business nowadays. And it, how much money they make oh, doing that's some of that so stuff dumb. is stupid. Oh, my goodness. Um, but seriously, like, people and people – I can imagine, like, at this event, people vlogging, doing their TikTok stuff, like, hey, I'm checking out. Because if it's built up that big of a reputation, you know there's going to be people all over seeing stuff like this. Oh, people buying and plane so, tickets yeah, to Jerusalem so to, just to – Because especially – Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially with, like, the, the individuals, like, if they truly did were able to cause these plagues and everything, because it talks about the them coming against them to kill them because everything that had happened at that point. So it's like, even if they're not seen as famous in people's eyes, more of an infamous view because like, oh, look at what these people did against us. People still study stuff like that all the time too. I mean, like, look for instance, just throughout history, and we still go to landmi or landmarks and sites like that where people have been supposedly buried or left and things like that, regardless if they're good or bad on this side of history. And so it's just one of those interesting things that's crazy. But even like the three and a half days and the significance of that, because like at that point, you know, they're dead, dead, like because they've been going dead for three and a half yeah. days now. And so it's just a crazy thing to think. And so just leave them in the streets and just imagine what that whole scene must look like, too. So it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. I mean, I, I just think it's something that Obviously, you're not going to really know how it's going to play out till yeah. it happens. Yeah, it'll be. But to th to try and think about those things mm -hmm. right now, you know, it's 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 not something far off to say. Um, you know, those people could be alive right now. I mean, or 
being born soon or, you know, like you don't, we don't know when, yeah. you know, that rapture's coming and this time's going to play out. And I mean, I leaned over two of our students during the message joking. I was like, Hey, that's going to be you two one day. And I was just messing, oh. with, <laughs> just messing with them. They're like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was yeah. like, why not, man? You yeah. don't want to be dead in the streets for three and a half days. So quickly sackcloth, man. Yeah. Describe this for the people listening, because I, I don't know if everybody knows what this actually um, maybe the feel of it or I mean, cause it's not a comfortable. Well, piece I of think clothing. in many regards, the closest thing that we would understand it to be is like burlap. Right. Uh, and so obviously that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's important, you know, for us to understand that really that was oftentimes during repentance or, uh, you know, uh, judgment, um, was a very coarse material. Um, one emphasized that it was usually fashioned from goat or camel hair, and it was worn as a sign of mourning or anguish. It also was marked by fasting and, and sometimes sitting on an ash heap. Um, so the shape of the garment could have been either a loose-fitting sack placed over the shoulders or a loincloth. Uh, the word sack is a transliteration of the Hebrew word rather than a translation, according to the Holman Illustrated Bible okay. Dictionary. And so uh, it really was just used as, as a way to, to say um, things aren't good, right? And I think as they're ministering, uh, remember, and this is why I think this is the first three and a half years, not that there's not awful things that are transpiring all around the world we we've already seen through the seals and the trumpet judgments awful things have transpired around the world but for the jews they've got their temple they've got their temple back right so for them in many ways they're still hey this the antichrist is is the hero and and, and some would even think even believe that the antichrist would be jewish and they would view him as their messiah uh, and that's how he's kind of fooled. I don't believe that he's going to be Jewish because I don't think he necessarily has to win over the, the Jews per se. A lot uh, of people thought it was Donald Trump. Yeah. Don, I mean, you know, you've had so many people, Donald Trump, Barack Obama. I mean, you know, everybody that you, you don't necessarily agree with politically that they're the Antichrist. Automatically. Yeah. Now, I, I think there, God's word tells us there are many Antichrists that have been in the world. There are many individuals. If, if you do not subscribe uh, to um, God's holy word and that uh, that is the authoritative word for you, if that is not standard. the standard that you are, you are working yeah. in a very real sense, you're an antichrist. Yeah. You know, uh, now you might not have the power and the prestige that the, the antichrist is going to have that we've seen in place by people like Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and these despots. Pol Pot and, and these individuals uh, going back, you know, in time to Alexander the Greats and those different individuals. However, I mean, if you've set yourself up against God and against the Messiah, Jesus, then in a very real sense, you, you are an antichrist. Right. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the sackcloth is really just them showing this is not a good time. Uh, I mean, when this first happens, when the temple is rebuilt, remember, the Jews haven't had a temple to worship in since 70 A.D. When the temple gets rebuilt, it's going to be huge for them. 
it's going to be something that, I mean, is um, groundbreaking in, in, in so many different ways. And, and they've got, a, they've got a, a temple society now that already have a lot of the work uh, done that will furnish the temple with the various things that they have to put into the temple. Uh, when I was in Israel, I didn't get to go to the institute uh, but in one of the the, the Jewish squares, um, armed guards everywhere, um, they have the menorah, the golden menorah that will go into the third temple on display behind this little glass casing right in the center of the square that they will use in in worship in in the in the temple once it is rebuilt. So they're ready to go, uh, and so it, it's interesting to just see how. Uh, reality of life now is lining up yeah. and, and fitting into what is to come. Yeah. Well, one of the beautiful things that, that from the, the Sermon Sunday that you get from these two individuals is um, the point that you hit on about um, when they were finished and, and kind of pulling that out of the text, right? When they were finished doing what God had called them to do, um, then they were rewarded, come up here, right. right? But but it wasn't a second before or a second later. Like, there's there's that perfect time. Yeah, I think that's an important thing for us to, to understand, uh, that, you know, where God speaks in determining certain things, we can say those things are determined. Now, I, I think some individuals take divine determination a little bit too far and, and, and really start to bring out some fatalism uh but because our time here on this earth has been determined doesn't mean every aspect of your life has been determined or you know is uh you can go way down uh, a trail on that but the days here on earth you can look at scripture the days that we have here on this earth are determined they're yeah. The, the idea that individuals are taken before their time is a foreign concept to scripture it's it's no it's no such thing it just to us it is to us a child passes away the devastation of of that a loved one who passes away in their 40s or 50s we would say from our perspective they were gone before their time we yeah. had plans to right. grow but they didn't die a second before god had determined them to or had set for their days to be here on on this earth yeah when you had mentioned that and you were just talking about like god you know how how god will use you and then when your time is done he's used you for your purpose um that's that just got me thinking about man like what am I being like? What what am I being used for right now? Just kind of like got me thinking. Like, yeah. I mean, you could take that to a four year old, you know, right? Or um, someone who's in their thirties or forties who didn't yeah. really get to experience life. I'm sure that they had always thought they would and dreamt of right. and retirement and all this yeah. stuff. Like, you know, we we obviously know that God is working um, constantly, even when right. we don't see it. Um, and, I heard and a song about that. There is a song about that, and that the purpose, you know, in and around that. Yeah. Um. But as humans, like as 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 people, it's so hard to grasp that. And yeah, to and I think that I think some of of it is we fail to realize what our reward actually is. Uh, I 
you know, I think there are times where we lose sight of the fact of what God has for his children and those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ is greater than anything that we can experience here on this earth. And we're kind of almost like for somebody that the Lord calls home that is faithfully serving him earlier than we would expect, right? Because we all want to live to 90. We all want to live to 100, whatever quality of life age I want to live to 900. 900. Okay. Uh, I'm more of an Old Testament well, guy. Well, listen, uh, in in the millennial kingdom, brother, you're going to have the glorified body, and, and, and you ain't ever going to die. So, uh, But <laughs> I, I, I think there are individuals that almost feel like, well, they kind of got cheated. Right. No, they didn't. Yeah, the reward. Like, they did not get cheated from staying here. On Yeah, there's some cool things that can be obtained. There are some cool goals that can be met. There are some great experiences that can be had. But they're still going to pale in comparison to the glory that awaits those that have placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. What is sad is for people who think, you know, this is your best life now, right? It's, it's like, really? If this is the best, then you'll, you'll never experience heaven because uh, it's going to get a whole lot better for those that have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If this is your best life, that is sad. That is sad because the, the greatest accomplishment that you can achieve here on this earth still is going to be minuscule compared to eternity in God's kingdom. Yeah, and I think it gives you something to rest in, too, just knowing that um, you do have a plan and a purpose in this life. God's going to use you for those plans and for those purposes. And when, when your time is done, uh, your reward, just like the, the two uh, witnesses, their reward was to be with Jesus. Um, and that's, a, that's a something that we can rest in and, and find peace in because, um, you know, in our, in our humanity, we want to kind of play that out. We want to, okay, I want to, you know, by this age, I want to do this. And when in reality, like, what, what is the main thing? The main thing is the main thing. Share the gospel, um, you know, live Christ-like lives that honor him. Uh, and when your time is done, um, your reward is awaiting. And there's a there's a peace and a comfort in that. Yeah, and I think Paul makes that clear in uh, Philippians chapter 1, where he writes, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And for the benefit of progressing the gospel, that he was still here and living at that time. Like, for me to keep going on in this world, I mean, Paul knew whether it be in imprisonment, beatings, or whatever he was going through, the reason he was here on this planet was to advance the gospel, to share that, and to progress to what God had already started, and to keep going after that. And he knew no matter what happened, so even if he was imprisoned, even if he did go through beatings, whatever, you're just giving me one step closer to the ultimate game, which is living with God and being with him for all of eternity. And so we just see that time and time again throughout his writing, throughout his letter to them, that even while we're here, that everything he once had was rubbish compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ. And so we see that when people try to say, oh, they're, they were gypped on this, they lost out on this, or this is the best it's going to get, no, not at all, right. because we see that, yes, there is benefit to what we're doing here while we're living in this world, and there's a, a mission to that, but that's just what it is, the mission getting us to the destination and the reward that's ahead of us, which is in heaven. So, Yeah, so good. Man, there was a lot to take away from this week, but overall, I think, man, that was such a huge, uh, you know, I, I kind of realize now why you, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, you had said that this this chapter, these two witnesses were, kind of the most profound in the book of Revelation. You remember saying that? I think the section we're about to get into is probably one of the most 
profound. I, I mean, it, it, it all is important, right? Sure, sure. Every I'm aspect not, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but here, that. what we're, what we're going to see, and I, I think my, my statement was one of the most profound themes right. is going to be found in this, in this chapter, and that is this reality that not a moment before God determines for us to to come home will will we be will we be brought home to yeah. be with him and so to be about our lord's business and and no matter what that looks like and no matter what that end is obviously for them it was brutal and it was humiliating i mean it was made into this big spectacle and then god used that to bring people to himself and so for us to understand that even you know our trials and even our um, tough moments and moments that we don't want to go through, God still uses uh, for his glory. And yeah, you know, that, that, that picture of fear God and, and, and give God glory, that, that really is not only the gospel, but that's our mission each yeah. and every moment of each and every day. That's right. Yeah. Well, Again, thank you so much for taking time to yeah. listen to this. Wow, episode sixteen, seventeen. This, this episode 17. seventeen. Look at us, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, well. we're almost coming up on twenty. Yeah, have to throw a party. We're gonna have to celebrate in here or something. <laughs> we're gonna have to do something, man. Eventually, I'd love to get to a live, like an like a YouTube version or something where they could see us. Yeah. Uh, and also, you think people want to see us? <laughs> I don't know. Me, yes. You know. You will just put one camera shot. Right on you, okay. uh, and Cody, and, and Cody. I mean, I think I think you know the people definitely want want Cody. There's, there's been a clamoring for 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 Cody, really Cody. to just do his own thing. <laughs> you know, I think that's what it is. What do they call it? Spinoffs. Yeah, yeah a there spin you go. Co- Cody's Cody gets a spinoff. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's good though, man. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I love kind of just. Going back to because there are times where, you know, uh, on a Sunday, don't always get to fully develop uh, each each point uh, with some of the nuances uh, that you, you can or we, we'd be in there for, for forever. Right. So I do enjoy this. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that people are listening and they, they appreciate it as well. And so uh, I, I look forward to continue to do this and, and look at what God has yeah. in store for us. Uh, as we hit in chapter 12 and then chapter 13, man, that's when you the Antichrist really bust on the scene. I mean, he's on the scene, but he really takes his position in, in the place where he reveals himself. Uh, and, man, it gets a lot coming it's up. Start, yep. Yes, it's, it's starting to, man, it's going to get the last three and a half years. You thought the first three and a half years were whew, kind of exhausting. The next three and a half years, Bubba, buckle up. It's going to get dicey. Bubba. <laughs> Bubba, buckle up. It's going to get dicey. And then we know how it culminates. That's right. We know the end. Jesus returns, That's man. Right. I can't wait to get to there. The I, I'm telling kingdom. you, when we get to Revelation 19 and then 20 and 21. We're going to have to cut a song. Oh, my. You might have to cut a song. Or all of them. You might have to cut a song. And, and man, you might have to turn my mic down because <laughs> I, may, I may get hot. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us, Cody. Thank you for being with us again today. Um, rate us, review, all that good stuff. Um, appreciate you uh, taking time to listen, as always. And uh, can't wait till next week. See ya.